Hey, this is Mike from Theology on Mission Podcast, and I just want to give a little preamble before uh, this episode. In the next 25, 30 minutes, you're going to hear Dave and I talk about the 74 million who voted for Donald Trump, along with some reflections on post-Nazi Germany. Just to be crystal clear, we're not saying that anybody who voted for Trump is a Nazi. We're just offering a perspective from those of us like Dave and I, who find it hard to relate to or engage with the 74 million who did vote for Trump. Okay, that's clear. Just want to make sure we don't have a firestorm. Thanks for listening. The music that always introduces Theology on Mission podcast, that makes us so mellow, I, at least that's the goal. Yeah, it's mellowing me out. And uh, here we are back in the year is 2021. Have you had a problem, Mike, we're trying to figure out what year we're in? You mean like uh, signing a check with 2020 on it? Uh, no, not so much that. It's just like uh, everything seems to blend together yes. as if it's yes. one big mirage that's completely uh, in a a cloud somewhere, (laughs) and uh, I frankly forget what day it is, never mind what year it is. Well, it's been since last year that we actually did one of these podcasts, so I know that much. It was last December that we had one of these get-togethers. Yeah, and we're already in the third week of January, which just goes to show you how busy we've been. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you hear the mask that I'm wearing rub up against the mic? Yeah, I, I can do it too. Really irritating, <laughs> but folks, we're going to try to be in full compliance with the state of Illinois. Yeah. And we're going to do this podcast wearing masks down in the bowels, as I like to say, of Northern Seminary. <laughs> All right. Listen. All right, here we are. Theology on Mission podcast. Um, seriously, uh... Uh, Mike Moore, it's it's our first podcast of uh, 2021, yes. and we're going to get back on it, and we're going to start doing this uh, bi-weekly. It's been our general rhythm, mm-hmm. although even that's been somewhat irregular. Yeah, it's been tough. But we're going to keep doing it. We're going to invite guests on the show. That's right. You got a couple lined up already. Well, I don't actually, I don't have them lined up, but okay. I just think, I don't know if you know that. Well, of course you do, but I don't know if our audience knows that, mm-hmm. that Northern Seminary has added some significant new faculty. Yeah. Some aren't here yet, like Beth Felker-Jones, the great theologian. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lynn Coick, the great New Testament scholar. Uh, Marshall Hatch, the prominent black pastor scholar mm-hmm. of ministry. Uh, all have joined us in what, the last... Uh, five weeks? Three weeks? It's been a whirlwind. I don't yeah, know if it's, it's the been, last five. It's been great. I'm excited. So we'll get them on the podcast to talk about their latest writings and their latest issues that they're dealing with. I'm sure that'll be great. And, and yeah. if you have somebody you want Fitch and Moore to interview, mm-hmm. we we find great success in doing that. We just don't uh, find great success in organizing. <laughs> yes, that. that's right. That's a very kind diplomatic way to put it. <laughs> 
Speaking of diplomatic ways to put things. Yes. Diplomacy, politics. I'm trying to do a segue here. Yeah, uh, folks, yeah, we are after, we are podcasting not only the first time this year, but the first time when we do not have uh, a Trump uh, presidency in charge yeah. of the country. Mm-hmm. And so uh, here we are. So the title, or yeah, I, I would like to call this podcast, What Are We to Do with the 74 Million? Yes, that's, it's very provocative because people don't know what you're talking about. You could be referring to dollars, uh, marbles. Marbles? Uh, hockey pucks. Hockey pucks. <laughs> uh, do you even think there are 74 million hockey pucks in the, in that's the country? That's a good question. I bet, well, not in, not in America, but in North America, yes. There very well might be. Uh, but, folks, uh, the topic for the day, what are we to do with the 74 million people who voted for Donald Trump? I think it describes a bit of a dilemma that we're in. Now, the key question is, who is the we we're talking about? What are we yeah. to do with the 74 million assumes that the we did not vote for Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. I believe that number is in excess of 80 million. Yeah. And the question is, though, as a church, there are a lot of us who, uh, you know, did not vote for Trump, to say the least, who have really perceived Donald Trump uh, to be a narcissist, a misogynist, a racist, mm-hmm. a blatant fascist authoritarian as was revealed in the insurrection on the on the capitol uh not only that totally incompetent okay i'm just letting it all out here mike moore Uh, (laughs) don't hold back don't hold back flagrantly immoral and a lot of us are going what i thought the the election was going to be 150 million to 2 million sure sure no even after all of what I just said, 74 million voted for Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so how, okay, so for those of us who, don't, who, who see Donald Trump in the ways I've just described and who want to lead our church not only to be a church that's faithful in relation to the political issues of our day, but also witness to the gospel in the world, we are. We have people who voted for Trump in our midst. Yeah, I mean, and they're probably listening to this podcast. They could be listening to this podcast, or they were until about three yes. minutes yeah. ago. Stick with us, please. Stick with. Hang us. Hang with us. So, um, what do we do? Yeah. What do we do? We. I'm being explicit. It's the we that did not vote for Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. What do we do with those who did after all of what we've seen the last four years? Right. So how do have we... Have you been asking this question? Has anyone else you know been asking yeah. this question? I, I, I'm curious to see like what, what's going to be written on it. Um, since now the we won, right? So the people who did not vote for Donald Trump won. How are they going to look back and kind of rewrite or write or explain the last four years? What are they going to attribute to Donald Trump and what are they going to attribute to his followers and those who are loyal to him? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think if we don't answer this question or if we don't at least think about it and reflect about it, 
we very well might be in another situation four years from now with more anger, if you can mm-hmm. believe mm-hmm. that's even of possible, yeah. more animus, yep. more racism, more hate. Yeah, and, we'll, and we, we might be wishing for a moderate Donald Trump in the White House. <laughs> it's hard to believe. <laughs> yes. yes. Okay, so um, here we go. Uh, here's, here's some ideas that I'd like to toss around with, okay. first of all, Mike Moore, who's sitting, by the way, to the best of my estimate, he's sitting about uh, five and a half feet mm-hmm. uh, from me. But we're masked up. But we're masked up. But we we have all this wiring here, and we can't really can't get the six feet. <laughs> it's true, <laughs> and it's bothering me, frankly, because I, you know, I've been I've been going around the seminary all all day. Yeah, you've been kind of policing people. I go, hey, six feet, six, six feet. feet. Yeah, you're, don't you're, get near me. You're six like six feet. You're like a chaperone at a, like a at a prom dance, making sure that there's enough space between the <laughs> people dancing. I'm the six feet police. <laughs> I'm a little bit paranoid. <laughs> I think someone who we won't mention his name yes, I got can. a little mad at me. I, yeah, I was there. And uh, <laughs> I go, tough patootes, okay? Tough patootes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry, folks. We digress. Let's get to these ideas. The yes. first idea I'd like to say about what to do. What do we do with the $74 million? Is The first instinct is they are all heretics. And we need to burn them at the stake. Okay, that's quite the that's quite the response. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are you and, like a, are you like a Calvinist, and are you talking about Anabaptists? <laughs> right now, look, I, I'm just throwing this out there because I'm not saying I own this position, but I think there's a lot of people yes. that believe that if we don't do this, uh, Justin w- justice will not be done. Okay, and um, so I want to talk about uh, there's another time in history when. Um, something similar to this happened mm-hmm. uh, after World War II in Germany, and it was occupied by the four Allied powers. Remember? Yep. Uh, well, I I don't remember. But yes, I've read the history. Well, I, hey, dude, just FYI, I wasn't alive either. Okay, I know you think <laughs> I'm an old dude, but no, I was not even born. Okay, so uh, anyways, all that to say, uh, there was this thing called denazification. It was an attempt, uh, uh, okay, I'm going to read from, they, then they came for me, Matthew Hockenoss's great autobiography of Martin Niemöller, okay. who, by the way, was uh, in a Nazi concentration camp for seven years. Uh, and anyways, um, so what uh, denazification was, um, was um, the policy required that every German adult fill out a multi-page questionnaire about his or her membership in Nazi organizations. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the occupation uh, authorities uh, established five categories. Uh, major offenders, offenders, lesser offenders, followers, and exonerated persons. And then sanctions would uh, vary from travel restrictions to job loss to imprisonment to even even uh, death penalty hmm. uh, based on your status. So this was a this yeah. was a big deal, right? Yeah. And Niemöller and various other German leaders who were, by the way, against the Nazis in some respects, agreed that the Nazi leadership should be punished as criminals, should mm-hmm. be uh, put to trial. But they also believed 
that nominal Nazi supporters had suffered enough that they actually were experiencing the condemnation of God by the destruction of their country. Okay. And they deserved no further penalty. In hmm. fact, uh, an additional penalty would just further incite and uh, create feelings of anger yeah. uh, and resentment re- and backlash. Re- reverb. Yeah. Reverb. So I'm saying, folks, um, that... Uh, uh, by the way, it was the only the Americans who did, of the occupying powers, it was only the Americans who insisted on denazification for about uh, four or five years. Huh. And by the time 19, I think 47 or 48 came around, it wasn't working. It wasn't helping. Hmm. It wasn't even uh, uh, workable. Hmm. And so um, they abandoned it. Uh, but what I want to ask you, Mike Moore, is can we follow kind of an example like Niemöller wanted? Uh, allow the judicial legislative systems to deal with the perpetrators, the leaders of the injustice surrounding the Trump administration. Uh, number one article, of course, is um, the insurrection. Mm-hmm. But there's other things going on there as well. And can we, the church, make space for the followers of Trumpism? to decompress, repent, uh, unwind the complicity and what was going on there and and make space for lament and transformation. What do you think about that? I'll call that the Niemöller proposal. The Niemöller proposal. So th- that proposal is having the church invite Trump supporters into repentance? Is that what, I, is uh, that what you're saying? Okay. We have to start somewhere, and it's okay. probably not by inviting all Trump supporters to a church <laughs> meeting to repent. Uh, I think it might go something like this. I'd like to have a cup of coffee. I'd like to know more about what yeah, what, uh, yeah. what you're thinking about the Trump and the post-Trump yeah. uh, uh, fiasco. Uh, no, don't use the word fiasco. Uh, the post-Trump sure. administration and how you feel about everything that's happened in the last... Uh, a few years. Yeah. I I love that, but that's very different than we're going to penalize you based on this, uh, on your egregious actions on a scale of one to five. No, what I'm trying to talk about is if indeed you wanted to uh, uh, isolate and, and locate all heretics mm-hmm. and burn them at the stake, mm-hmm. uh, the Trump heretics to Christianity... You would have to do something like a denazification, yes. gotcha, gotcha, which gotcha, is gotcha. the classification of the five and all yeah. that stuff and why it didn't work. Yeah, yeah. I'm suggesting let the legis like Niemöller, punish, try the perpetrators of injustice, mm-hmm. the leaders. Mm-hmm. I see. The followers, we need to open up space, invite for cups of coffee, and figure out what yeah, was going yeah. on and how they feel about what's been, and let it unwind. Some people might say, Oh, Fitch, you're doing it again. You're letting the enemies... You're a, you're a white male privileged... It's easy for you to say. A lot of yeah. us have been, have been uh, the ones getting, you know, uh, ag- ag- being uh, perp- uh, oppressed and, yes. and victimized and, and put in prison and shot by this hideous regime. Easy for you to say. Mm-hmm. What Do you think uh, what, uh, what I'm saying is... By the way, <laughs> Niemöller was saying it about the Nazis who had killed <laughs> six million Jews. Right, right, right. Uh, do you think what I say I should be saying? I, yeah, 
I I do. Um, I I feel a little convicted by it because um, I'm in such an echo chamber. I don't even know who I would reach out to to have that cup of coffee with. Because because huh. I'm so far removed. I mean, I'm I'm in Chicago, right? I'm in the west side of Chicago. Right. I don't know. I really don't know anybody except for maybe a few extended people uh, on Facebook who voted for Trump. So I want to say yes, but I don't even know who I would invite to have that cup of coffee with. Yeah, and and by the way, I admit the same. Yeah. Within my geographical yeah, area, yeah. I don't think I know anyone. Within where yeah. I live, I don't know anyone who yeah. voted for Trump. And I but, think I think that's where repentance starts. Because there are those people. I, I'm assuming there's those people, but I think maybe that's a place for repentance. Like, oh, I don't actually know anybody. I have allowed myself to become mm-hmm. an echo chamber. Yep. Wow, you just took a left turn there on me, or a right turn, depending on how you want to look at it. But uh, (laughs) I'll just tell you, that's really powerful, because you and I uh, have our echo chambers. Certainly, the Mm -hmm. Trump uh, constituency has their echo chambers, so maybe before any of this is even possible, uh, we have to get out of our echo chamber, or our bubble. Yes. Yeah. I'll preach. All right, so before we do that, though, and I, I do think what you're on to something there, Mike Moore. I really do. But there's a lot of people listening to this podcast who have a church divided mm-hmm. yeah, that's by true. who they voted for. Yeah. And there's plenty of the 74 million and the 80 million sitting in the same Yeah, pews. that's right. That's right. So, um, yeah. Okay, so my second idea, if my first idea is... I learned from the Niemöller proposal about mm-hmm. denazification. Second proposal is uh, something I learned from Jonathan Littell's book. Yeah, and as Dave is describing this book, he's opening it up right now, and it has it has to be at least nine hundred pages, close to a thousand. <laughs> uh, it's it's a, probably, probably cutting the circulation off your legs. It's a stunning novel written about 10, 15 years ago in French, uh, on the, uh, in the country of France, called The Kindly Ones, Jonathan Littell, mm-hmm. L-I-T-T-E-L-L. It's about uh, this Nazi SS elite uh, officer and how he went about becoming a uh, Nazi, a Nazi, how he ended up turning into a Nazi who supported the Holocaust, who supported hideous policy decisions, who got behind uh, uh, Hitler and, and fought in all the key, not all the key battles. It is fiction, fiction by the way, but it's yeah. very historically accurate. And uh, when this novel came out, uh, the French, specifically German, the German people, and the American people said, no way. Hmm. I am not going to read on uh, anything that uh, enables me to sympathize with a Interesting. Nazi. Interesting. I'm not going to read anything that gets into the inner psychology of how this person got pulled in huh. so that I can sympathize with him. Well, something changed because you have that book now and it's been translated into English. Yes. <clears throat> and uh, it's... It's, by the way, well, it's, it's in my opinion, now I'm no aficionado of fiction, but it's a really easy read, and mm-hmm. I've only just started reading it again. Mm-hmm. But um, here's what, so I guess what I'm saying is 
Uh, do you feel the pull uh, or the push away or the repulsion of the thought of becoming sympathetic with someone who voted for Trump? Hmm. Do you, Mike? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if I'm afraid of being coming sympathetic. I'm afraid that I'm going to be judged as being complicit. I mean, you, you, you were kind of alluding to this earlier, but like by preparing a table, by sitting down, by being sympathetic, by trying to understand that I'm going to be seen as being part of that milk toast moderate, you know, that yes. that is oftentimes described and, you know, even, even kind of like Dr. King's letter from a Birmingham jail, he describes kind of the, what I would say is this milk toast moderate. Um, so I, I'm afraid of it, uh, as being seen complicit and yeah, as uh, yeah, just kind of sitting back and not caring enough. Yeah, and and so so frankly, uh, you know, part of the irony here is people are going to make me into an enemy for suggesting ways that we can love our mm-hmm. enemy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's how, how it works. Dare yeah. you? Yeah. All right, but. Uh, Okay, so, so this idea, I'll call it the Jonathan Littell idea. Mm-hmm. The first one was Martin Niemöller. This is the Jonathan Littell idea. Here's what uh, Slavoj Žižek says. He says uh, that um, as such, a key Freudian lesson to teach us, one should reject the idea that the proper way to fight the demonization of the other is to subjectivize him, subjectivize Mm -hmm. him, listen to his story, understand how he perceives the situation. Okay, that's... Zizek is actually saying it's not a good idea to read the Jonathan Littell novel so that you'll become sympathetic towards a Nazi. Mm -hmm. So that you'll start to love the Nazi. That's actually... uh, He says... Uh, there's clear limits to this. Uh, he uses the Middle East dial uh, uh, kind of saying, yeah. an enemy is someone whose story you have never heard. Get that? An enemy mm-hmm. is someone whose story you have never heard. He's arguing, no. Right. no let's, let's, let's realize the limits of that. Hmm. But later he says, um, let me see if I can find it. Uh, what is truly, uh, all right, I'll just paraphrase it. Uh, Zizek, is our, and this is all in the book, first as tragedy, then as far, somewhere around page 3940. He's arguing that uh, uh, we are able to unwind the hypocrisy in the subjectivity of the person. He's saying ideology resides in the subjectivity of the person's mind that we really can't get to the hypocrisy of it and to the contradictions that are working inside someone unless we do hear their story. So Mm -hmm. the goal is not to become sympathetic to, oh, isn't that, uh, I feel so bad that you became a Nazi. No, it's more like, let me try to understand. Whoa, do you see what happened there? Hmm. And help people uncover and unravel the things they've gotten caught up into. That hmm. takes a cup of coffee. Yeah, uh, yeah that takes a lot. That that's takes good. a brew across the table. Mm-hmm. That's the Jonathan Littell hypothesis. And I think this is the perspective we need to have with one another if we're going to unwind everything that's gone on the past four mm. years. So you're saying that there's a certain li- limit to the empathy, sympathy. Like, like empathy and sympathy is not going to get you far enough. 
Right. There ha- we have an we have a better reason. Yes. Uh, frankly, um, empathy is not a bad reason. Yeah. No, but I, I don't uh, if anyone's wondering, oh, uh, is this how you love your enemy? Actually, it's the next step. Yeah. Yep. Unraveling the hypocrisy, but a- and the contradictions inside someone's soul and why it's there. Yes. I mean, we would be surprised at why people believe. Yes. What they believe. What was mm-hmm. going on there that led to that? And until we get to that space, I don't think we're going to unwind it. Did you see where Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, former Republican governor? I did. Did you yeah. see that? Yeah. <laughs> he starts talking about growing up in Austria and all of his dad, yeah. all his dad and everyone's friends' dads were alcoholics because they couldn't deal with the pain of the mm. guilt of being Nazi complicitors. Yes. Wow. Is that what we want in our no, church? Absolutely not. Yeah. We can do this, folks. The church is the only one in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate what you're saying, that, that you know, emotionally connecting or sympathizing with somebody will, get, will maybe get you to the table. But we have to, first of all, unwind the lie, un, unwind the false gospel that, that they believe, and, and you know, show it for what it is, and then hold up to them, proclaim to them what is true. Um, so we can, under, you know, so we can un, un, unstand and untangle, understand and untangle what they've been duped by. Yeah. Excellent. Okay, so Niemöller Littell. Mm-hmm. I got I'm playing off now on Tanahisi Coates for my last one. Okay. Okay. And, and this is the idea. Um well, I want to know how do we avoid the posture of superiority violence that gets us nowhere? with someone like a Trump supporter, for we who see him the way we see him, how do we avoid the posture of superiority Hmm. and violence? And uh, so for me, uh, I take a lesson from Ta-Nehisi Coates in his book, uh, We Were Eight Years in Power, where in the last chapter he goes uh, into a long soliloquy about how Trump is our real first white president, how he symbolizes, symbolizes. Uh, we, we had other white presidents, but this guy is a visceral symbolism yeah. of whiteness, yep. white superiority, white uh, nationalism, white uh, supremacy in uh, so many ways. And it was so bold and he's saying, because it comes as the last chapter of the book, We Were Eight Years in Power, it's one big reaction to hmm. Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. So there's something going on here, in my opinion, this anger, this racist animus, this, there's real principalities and powers at work here. It's not as simple as trying to talk somebody out of their racism. Yeah. Or not... It's not as simple as educating somebody into the real frameworks of white privilege, white supremacy. Uh, people get caught up in a way that's ideological. And Donald Trump, and they don't even realize it. I'll yeah. put it that way. Yeah. Not everybody, like Niemöller did, we got to separate the leaders, perpetrators from the passive followers. Yeah. I, I'll just close uh, the third option yeah. by re- by reading uh, a tweet from my Twitter account, Fitch Est, by the way, if you're looking for it. F-I-T-C-H-E-S-T is my uh, Twitter handle. 
Uh, there's this guy named Ben Perry who said, white supremacy cannot be reconciled. It can only be defeated. And I said, but you don't defeat an ideology. You unravel it. You tactically allow it to be revealed. You prick the balloon and you let the air blow out of it. Allow it to implode under the weight of its own contradictions. Then you reconcile with people who were once caught in its swirl. Mm -hmm. Folks, I just think we need a big, huge space for unwinding, doing lament, in the words of Sun Chen Ra, yeah. repentance, mm -hmm. and letting people get come to grips with what's been going on. Mm -hmm. and, and even if we only have little churches doing this, let's say 1% of the population, oh, let's go 5%. <laughs> I think uh, Tim Keller said the tipping point is 5%. Okay. I, I can't remember exactly. But let's go 5% providing the space for the country. We might actually see something happen here mm. that can get us out of the swirl we've been in repetitively for the last 50 years. It's mm -hmm. good. Yeah. I'll call that the Ta-Nehisi Coates uh, option, but I don't think... He's proposing that, but he's sure. revealing the antagonisms, powers and principalities that are at work around the Trump hmm. phenomena. Good. So this begs the question, we come back to again, what are we going to do with the 74 million? What are we going to do with the 74 million? And I think we can learn from the Niemöller approach. We can learn from the, from the Latal mm -hmm. novel. And we can learn from Ta-Nehisi Coates that we've got some work to do. It'll, it'll probably take very small steps during COVID, but when COVID is over, we need to gather people together, yeah. have spaces to talk this out, unravel it, listen, and allow God to do his work in lament, repentance, and transformation. Mm. Yeah, amen. It's good. All right. All right. Well, that just about wraps it up for another Theology. And this is our first one this year. First one, 2021. We're, I, feel, I feel a little rusty. How do you feel? But I it, feel it went well. I feel uh, a little... Uh, I'm having trouble uh, with this mask. I feel like you, you have forced this on me. <laughs> 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 no. I, I have been having tr a little trouble breathing when I get really excited. I'm yeah. Like, oh, the well, that's a good mask. That's why. You got the... And ninety five on the the uh, the things blocking yeah. germs. Yeah, that's uh, how you, you're getting your work out here. But uh, I, I I feel pretty good, and and we're gonna do another one real soon here. So we'll yep. be on our game. It's just like hockey, you know. It takes yes, about exactly like three hockey. exhibition games, which they didn't have in the NHL this year to get going. I know, so I know. So by the way, your Pittsburgh Penguins are going down, but my Blackhawks aren't even gonna make the first. I mean, <laughs> I, we don't want to talk about it, folks. It's over and out. Theology on Mission podcast. Where theology meets the questions of culture for the sake of Christ's kingdom. Uh, we're looking for you to give us a review on, yep. on Apple, Tunes, or wherever you listen. Mm -hmm. And uh, help us get the word out, would you please? Until next time, though, uh, it's over and out. We'll see you again soon.